Join me as we skip to the end of a book. Not the ending of the story, but further in the back, almost by the back cover. The Acknowledgements. I've always been fascinated by the acknowledgements and find myself asking questions I wish I had the answers to. Are the people they thanked still in their lives? Do they regret not including someone? What's the meaning behind this inside joke or story? Well, now I finally get the answers to my questions. In this podcast, I'll talk to the authors and explore the acknowledgements. So flip to the back of the book with me and let's start there. Well, I am so happy today to welcome Jen Reese, the award-winning author of a few different novels, including A Game of Fox and Squirrels. Thanks for joining me today, Jen. I am so happy to be here. Thanks for asking. Yes. And you know what? I want you to jump right in. And if you could give us a premise of the book, which I did have the opportunity to read, that would be great. Okay, sure. It's a middle grade book, which means it's for ages 10 and up. And here we go. Let's see. After a domestic incident, Samantha and her sister, Caitlin, arrive in Oregon to stay with an aunt they've never met before. Sam is given a game, a card game for her birthday called Fox and Squirrels. And it's not long before the animal creatures in the game start coming to life and involving Sam in sort of quests to get the golden acorn, which is an object that will allow Sam to go back to Los Angeles and her family where she really wants to go despite what happened before the novel starts. But the rules for this game, especially it's run by this charming fox named Ashander, and the rules for the game keep changing. And as they change, the veil between reality and fantasy starts to get thinner and thinner. And soon uh, Sam has to make some choices between what she's willing to do to go back home and this new life she could be building in Oregon. And what I loved so much while reading it is I didn't know too much about the premise. And so to discover it as I'm reading through the chapters was such an interesting experience. And to have this game and these creatures as just this foundation to a lot of different real topics was so interesting. And it's, and you know, of course, with the acknowledgements, I love the back of a book. And mm-hmm. what I love about the back of your book, it's like a like a treasure back there of discussion <laughs> questions of the rules to the game of Fox and Squirrel, acknowledgments, of course, and a beautiful author's note. So actually, I want to start with the author's note, if that's okay. Sure. And it's, you say a few things here. And, and I want to start actually right at the beginning where you say, this is the book I always knew I had to write. My own story is not unusual. In fact, maybe it's your story too. Maybe you live with someone who makes you feel afraid or physically hurts you. Maybe like me, you find hope and comfort in books and fantasy. So can you just talk about why you decided to put an author's note in this book? Sure. Originally, I had written a version of this author's note that my editor sent out to review venues and to bloggers and things like that at the beginning. And it was talking about the book a little bit more from a third person perspective. You know, here's a book that will help readers who X, Y. And I really wanted to include it in the back of this book, but I wanted to make it talk directly to the kids who might be needing it the most, to the people who are the most vulnerable, the most need to hear it. I feel like I this book, I wanted to center that experience. 
yeah. So that's that's one of the reasons why we included it. I, yeah, I guess part of the when you grow up in an abusive house, not talking about things is the the first law. And so one of the reasons I wrote this book is just I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it, you know, and just open that door as wide as I can for these conversations. When did you decide that you wanted to talk about it in the form of this book? I have wanted to write a story about these experiences and what it's like to grow up with CPTSD, you know, the the sort of chronic post-traumatic stress disorder that you would get from living in that experience. I've wanted to do this for my entire career as a writer, and I've tried many times and have failed every time. And I kept thinking, I'm not a good enough writer yet to, to figure this out, or I haven't found the right angle for it. And then when I was trying to decide what book to write in 2019 or so, I said, oh, I want to write a book that has a card game in it, like something fun and light. And then I don't know what made me put those two ideas together. I am not 100% sure, but it was one of those things where I said, aha, you know, this is going to this is going to let me talk about tough subjects, but with the distance that will make readers feel a little bit more safe. Because, you know, what you, you don't want to do is re-traumatize anybody when they're reading necessarily. I mean, I, I do feel like the book walks a line and some people are going to read it and feel a little, maybe a little tweaked or triggered from some of these experiences. But I feel like with the element of fantasy and with the card game angle, I'm giving people the out they might need, a distance, an emotional distance that will help protect them as they're reading and make it a little bit more fun, I suppose. Yeah, I think the... It's interesting because just as the card game was in this book, it's like the way even, I guess, books are in general of a different way of looking at things, a different perspective, being able to read it on the pages and seeing what you connect with. So it seems like the card game was that as well for the characters. Yes. One of the reasons I I always write fantasy or science fiction is not because I want to escape reality. It's because I feel like this slight distance from reality lets you see that reality more clearly. It's true. I always say it's like when you go on vacation and suddenly when you're away from your life, you can see your life more clearly. You have a new perspective where you're not in the middle of things. So you look back and there's a clarity that comes from that. And I feel that science fiction and fantasy give you that as well. So you know, we're not dealing with a an abuser who's a human in this book necessarily. We're dealing with a fox. And you don't have all of the the baggage that goes with a human when you're looking at the fox. You're just, here's a, a fox. What does this mean? And so there's a clarity that you can get from seeing a behavior pattern from a, an animal character that you wouldn't get from a human necessarily. Does that make sense? <laughs> sure. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was what was interesting. I, I think the way you wrote the book allowed me, I was totally in this world of this game of the fox and squirrels and all these creatures. So it's so interesting when something feels like it's, you know, totally out of reality. But then once you're reading it, you're totally in it. That's how I I feel. And maybe you're right. That's how fantasy is. And that's exactly what it does for people is it Mm kind of lets you live in this world. I want to jump into your acknowledgements. And right off the bat, you say, when I say friends are my religion, I'm not being glib. I wouldn't be the person or the writer that I am if I didn't have these incredible people in my life. And you talk a lot in a few different places about found family. So tell me more about that. Well, yeah, when I was growing up, I didn't feel safe at home and I didn't 
get any comfort or that sort of camaraderie from family members. So I, it was friends who really saved me from, you know, from that misery, sort of that, that state of fear. Once I found friends, mostly when I got to high school, I found some like-minded friends and I just spent as much time with them as possible. And I had an outlet and I didn't tell them what was going on because I did not talk about it, but I could go to them when I was in a bad place. And I really do feel like they saved me from from a worse fate, <laughs> perhaps. So right now, you know, I, I say that when I die, I don't, I would rather be considered a good friend than a good writer. So writing is obviously a passion of mine. That's what I love. But friends, that's my soul. That's, you know, that's the connection and the thing that matters most to me in the world. I love that so much. But I think your the impact of the the book you wrote is also is also large and big. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So as you might know, well, actually, do you read the acknowledgments, Jen, when you're reading? I do. I do. I don't even wait till I'm done. I often read them first. So. (laughs) So that's funny because I feel like that's one way or the other for people. And I will always wait till the end. I kind Mm -hmm. of now look at it as like, my my prize at the end for finishing it. So so I did wait to the end to read yours after I read the book. But as you know, in in most acknowledgments, I'll say people are, you know, thanking their publisher, their editor, etc. And it doesn't necessarily always stand out for me, even though I know how much goes in to the work that those groups of people do to move these books forward. But I think because I see it in every novel, it doesn't stand out necessarily. But yours did. What you wrote about your editor, Tiffany, then you say, Mm -hmm. is so brilliant and funny and kind that I'm perpetually in awe. And another thing you say, it's an incredible gift to feel safe in someone's hands, especially with a story like this. And I did. So tell me about Tiffany. 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 Okay. She even the first time I talked to her, I had a few offers on the book originally. And when I spoke to her, one of the first things she said was, what is the most important thing about this book that you don't want to lose through the revision process? And that was such a great question for me. So I was able just to say, here's what's, you know, here's what I cannot lose about this book. Because revisions can mean a lot of things. And an editor can have a very different idea of what your book means to you. You know, I said, I cannot cannot have the fox redeemed at the end. There cannot be this this happy, happy ending there with with things because I, it's important to me that the the messaging and the metaphors stay true to the real life. So I'm not sending a harmful message. And she just took that and she made sure that we protected all of these parts of the book that were were good for me. We also she was also really careful with critiques what the original draft had some more scenes in it that were personal personal to me that I agree that we should cut but they needed to be written I needed to have written them in the first draft so she was just so gentle and making sure she didn't you know step on anything since this book was so personal to me so I just I love her I love her I love her That's amazing. I love that. And so when you you were talking about your first draft, what was the writing process like? How long did it take? You know, what were kind of your backs and forths? I 
It was the fastest book I've written and the longest and the book that took the longest. So I feel as if I've been trying to write it my whole life, trying to get this idea out. But then when I finally got that click moment with the, with the game and the story, it took four months, which is not long for me. It's very fast for me. It's probably slow for some people, but for me, it was very fast. We then, unfortunately, Tiff, as brilliant as she is, made me rewrite the whole thing from scratch. So I had to do the first revision was, I think I was able to keep something like 6,000 words and uh, had to rewrite all of the rest of it from scratch. So that was, that was amazing. So yes. So I don't know what the answer is to how long it took, but yeah, there was a lot of different parts to to it. It sounds like it. Also in your acknowledgements, so you have a thanks to Barry and Trisha. So I'm just wondering who they are. It's a it's a complicated thing in the writing world. Barry and Trisha were at the agency I was at before when the book sold. So Barry actually sold the book. And during the process, I ended up switching agents. So I did not feel comfortable not acknowledging Barry and Trisha with whom I am still friends and adore. But it's a little tricky thing (laughs) as an author. And it sounds like you were just, you wanted to take the opportunity to, to thank them when you could, because they, right. That's what I keep hearing. There's so many people that get writers to that point where they get their Mm -hmm. book out there. Jen, you have other books out as well. Tell me about those. Well, originally I had a trilogy that was about 10 years ago, and those are very much action adventure, science, fantasy, middle grades with tons of martial arts and fight scenes and all sorts of things. Those were sort of the big grand adventure trilogy that I had always wanted to write since I grew up reading those. And then for... After that trilogy came out, I could not sell another book for four years, six years. I can't remember what it was. I wrote four more books and none of those sold. So Fox and Squirrels was basically my re-entry into to publishing. And in this new one, I am writing contemporary fantasy, which is a departure from my earlier sort of secondary world or wildly imaginative type of thing. So this is a new place for me. And I've written Fox and Squirrels was the first one. I had Every Bird of Prince come out last year, which is another magical Oregon forest story that weaves together a girl's quest for identity. You know, that deals with a lot of asexuality, a romanticism. So there's some issues there and it has magical, a bird kingdom and magical wolf creatures and, and self, uh, lots of dealings with self-doubt, that sort of thing and finding your truth. And then I have a book coming out next year, which is another sort of magical, magical Oregon story, which takes place in a, a sentient house, sentient puzzle house. And that one's called Puzzle Heart. And that will be out in the spring. I don't have a date on it yet. And and so I'm, I'm seeing the trend of your, the the place where all of these books are happening in Oregon. <laughs> so is tell me about that. Where did that come from of wanting to to keep that environment? It was actually Tiff's idea. Tiff, my edit my editor at Henry Holt, when I had pitched the second book, which is Every Bird of Prince, she said, What if? What if it was also in Oregon? So I said, I'm down with that because I live in Oregon now. I moved here on purpose. So this is the first move I've ever made that was an intentional move and not a reaction, a reactionary move or a move for a job or someone else's idea. So this was an intentional move to become closer to trees and green spaces and water. I had lived in Los Angeles for 15 years and I, I, I my soul, you know, I was happy in LA. I, I like a lot about it, but I was really craving this green, this water and this green. So 
it just, I'm a big fan of writing your passion, writing whatever it is that is you're obsessed about at the time. And when I moved here, it was just trees and birds and animals and everything that I, is around me all the, all the time. So what else are you passionate about that people can kind of find in your book? Like what else comes through? Let's see. Well, there's a knitter in uh, Game of Fox and Squirrels because I was also learning how to knit when I moved here. In Every Bird of Prince, one of the characters plays a ukulele because during the pandemic, I picked up the ukulele as well and the guitar. So I will always work in the things I'm obsessed about. You know, I haven't figured out how to write a book about Dungeons and Dragons yet, but that's on the list because I'm a big Dungeons and Dragons fan as well. So the next book has, you know, puzzles and science and things like that in it. I love games and puzzles of all sorts. I love that. And is that, so is that love of games what brought the kind of theme of a game of fox and squirrels to have that as its foundation? Yes, I wanted I wanted to create a card game. That was one of my goals is just sort of to, I took a class and board game creation. I really enjoy that sort of thing. I've been a gamer my entire life. And uh, yeah, so I was like, I want to make a, I want to write a book so that I can make a card game that goes with it. And then of course it ended up being something totally different than what I was originally thinking. And I did write the, the game at the, back of the paperback that you have is what I wrote, but it it's very different from the original version of it, which was, you know, had less to do with metaphors and less to do with <laughs> anything serious. So it's interesting. I love it. So when I'm, when I'm reading your future books, I'm always going to know what your, your next hobby or thing is other than absolutely knitting and puzzles and ukuleles yes yeah (laughs) and I'm also a martial artist yeah which is why the first trilogy has all the martial arts in it that was pouring that in (laughs) love it so Jen tell me about you as a reader like what are what's on your bookshelf what are you usually picking up Science fiction and fantasy for the most part. I I started out writing adult science fiction and fantasy short stories, which is where many of us start in that field. And I still read some of those. I have dabbled into the romanticy category, which is that new thing where we've got romance and fantasy combined in contemporary settings. And that's been fun. But I mostly read a lot of middle grade YA graphic novels a lot of graphic novels. I love them. And yeah, I would say that's primarily it. I will occasionally read literary novels that don't have science fiction and fantasy in them, but you know, they're not as much fun for me. And is that what you were reading as a child or high schooler, as you were talking about before? Was that the same kind of genre? Yes. Yes. I started out reading Newbery books that had fantasy and science fiction in them. And there wasn't really a YA category when I was growing up. So I immediately would just go to, I would go to the flea market and I would buy books by the garbage bag or books by the paper, you know, bag. (laughs) And they were always all these pulp science fiction and fantasy novels. I used to go and yeah, buy, buy fantasy books by how thick the spines were, because that was how long I could spend in that world. So if a book had nine books in the, you know, in the series and they were all three inches thick. That was my happy place. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you wanted the more, the better kind of thing. Yes. Yes. I love that. Do you have a favorite line or a couple of sentences or part of a game of Fox and Squirrels? Yes. Well, my absolute favorite is the last chapter, which is 
it did not change really from the first draft to the final, the finished book. It was the one thing I told, one of the things I told my editor, I did not want to change. And it was the reason I wrote the book. So I, that's my favorite, but I can't read it because it's a spoiler. So yeah, <laughs> but I loved, I really loved writing all of the little excerpts from the Game of Fox and Squirrel. So I have one to read near the end, if that's okay. That would be lovely. Okay. So this is from the rules for Fox and Squirrels. Winning. In most games, the person with the most points at the end is the winner. But this is a game of Fox and Squirrels, and it's not just about winning. Fox and Squirrels is about survival. Survive the fox, survive the winter, survive. Sometimes survival is all you can think about, and that's okay. Really, survival is important. It's the only way you get to play Fox and Squirrels again. And why is that one of your your favorite parts? It just means a lot to me. There's there's a lot about growing up in a, you know, an abusive situation where you wish you could go back and change, you wish you had stood up for some yourself or other people, you wish there's so many ways you can feel bad about yourself for what you didn't do. And this is sort of the chapter where I'm assuring people that if all you're doing in that situation is getting through to the next day, that is enough. That is enough. So it just means, yeah, it means a lot to me emotionally, but yeah, that's, I'm not sure if it means as much to people who are reading it, but that's what it means to me. Well, you know, what comes to mind as you're talking about that, Jen, is especially thinking of the target audience to for this book, right? As a middle grade book. Although as mm-hmm. a, as a grown up adult, I, I got a lot out of it too. But I'm thinking of that middle grade time frame where there's a lot that's really hard, whether it's at home or at school or wherever it might be. So I think that get to the next day is such a good message for whatever someone might be going through, especially someone in that age range. Yes, I I love writing for middle graders, middle grade audiences, because they are in that liminal space. They're, they're on the cusp of so many things, you know, puberty and first crushes, if they even get crushes and everything is changing everything. It's just, it's, yeah, it's crucial to show them that there's options, that there's outs, that there's, you know, it's okay to just get through, you know, it's just such a hard time for them. And it's an exciting time, but it's both, right? That's what life is. Life is both of those things altogether. Absolutely. And and one of the things I appreciate is that towards the end of the book as well, you included resources for support and help and assistance. So I, I'm so thankful that you opened yourself up in this way and you were so vulnerable to share this story in, in this very magical way. Thank you. <laughs> Jen, it was lovely talking to you today. Thank you so much for joining me on the acknowledgments. Thank you so much for having me. I love these questions. Thanks for getting curious about the acknowledgments and remember to read from cover to cover. Check out the acknowledgments on Facebook, Instagram, or theacknowledgments.com. There you'll find more information on the books and authors that I talk about here.